Welcome into the Grace One Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is season two, episode number 23 of the Grace Point Daily Podcast. It is going to be a verse-by-verse edition with Rick Maynard. We're going to welcome him in and dive into the Word. Before we get into that, we thank you for listening. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. We're going to try and stay focused and keep giving you good content here in the next month. I know it's Christmas. All kinds of stuff is happening, but one amazing thing happened just the other day. It was none other than Rick Maynard's birthday. Happy birthday, Rick Maynard. Well, thank you. You're growing in wisdom and stature with the Lord, yeah, just like my, Jesus. My wisdom highlights are coming through. So. <laughs> Oh, what so what is this year bringing what's what have you learned what if you give us a breakdown of what it is now to be uh, that particular age uh, that you are right now lord come quickly <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a little bit uh trying getting older you know it's like when your conversations become more about what medicines you're taking and what you <laughs> ache you know you're getting older so that's that's uh probably part of it but it's been a good year Really you, a good year. You got a good wife. You got a good family. You got a good church. I mean, what else could you ask for? What else could I ask for? That's exactly right. You got good birthday presents. Yes, I did. My I did twin from, boys thought of you. They wanted to give you a Ricky Bobby themed bird birthday. Yeah, that worked out really good. It was actually. I was sorry I missed you, but I think it actually was probably better the way it right. was because the kids participated more than right. If they just saw me, they would have just stopped. You right. know, and not done anything. So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. So send your happy birthday wishes. You can send us a message via the Anchor Podcast app or you know an email if you want to say happy birthday to Rick Maynard because he blesses you with the Word of God. And that's what we do verse by verse. It's getting in the Word, going verse by verse. We are in 1 Kings chapter 8. Let's get after it. Okay. I'm going to reread a scripture that we finished last time, and then we're going to take just a little bit of a detour. But uh, this is 838 through 40. It says, And when a prayer... Uh, or plea is made by any of your people Israel, each one aware of his own heart and spreading out his hands toward this temple. Then hear from heaven your dwelling place, forgive and act, deal with each man according to all he does, since you know his heart. For you alone know the hearts of all men, so that they will fear you all the time they live in the land you give our fathers. So we kind of talked about the issues of of, uh, forgiveness in so many of these verses and and how Solomon is, you know, asking God, I know people do wrong, but when they turn around, please forgive them. Uh, we can't ask for forgiveness for somebody else, but we can agree with God that he wants to forgive us if we'll just come mm-hmm. to him. He's just waiting for that. So so we're going to skip. We're not going to talk too much about that verse because we actually did that last time. But I want to talk about something uh, that's mentioned several times here when it talks about spreading the hands out towards the, the temple. And uh, I want to talk about the priestly... Uh, blessing and there's a lot of people who recite some of this stuff even if you're not jewish you recite the blessing over your family over your church uh one of um, uh, john Hagee, i think does this at the end of every service he pronounces a blessing you wouldn't really call it the priestly blessing but that's what it mm-hmm. is if you trace it all the way back but uh this the blessing of that time the priestly blessing would have been given after the priest had gone into the temple you know, the once-a-year uh, sacrifices, the once-a-year atoning for the sin, those kind of things. And so he would come out and recite that priestly blessing over the people. And then if God had spoken something to him, obviously he would reveal that. But uh, So it was really a time of excitement. But the, the, the guy, the priest or whatever who was selected to go in, it was a one-time, once-a-year 
event, once a lifetime event. So it was never the same priest that went in year after year. So this time uh, we're talking about here today is is uh, Zechariah, when Zechariah went in, and it's a little more significant. We really don't have much information about the priests going in and uh, you know what happened and what they heard or what they saw because it was mostly about offering the sacrifices to cover the sins of the people. I mean that's that's what they had to do. That's why you know when Jesus came, he got rid of that. He was the you know we could go directly to the Father. We didn't have to go through mm-hmm. the priest and those kind of things. So so with Zechariah, uh, he had worked for this, waited for it his entire life. So in other words, if you wanted to be the the priest, the man who went in to offer the sacrifices and say the prayers, you prepared for that. You made yourself right. You did all the things. You went through all the purification, everything that was required. And there's, you know, again, if you want to look up all those things, I mean, you can look up all the requirements for each one. We won't go there. But uh, this priestly blessing comes out of Numbers 6, through 27. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel, you shall say to them. So this is what you call that priestly blessing. And you've heard this, most people probably listening uh, have heard this at some point. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace, so they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and I will then bless them. So it was. it's still recited, that priestly blessing still recited daily, weekly, whatever in the temple. It's recited by people over their churches. I've heard a couple of different churches that that's something they did. That was the concluding thing at the end of the service. Everybody sat back down. If you had an altar call or whatever, everybody sat down, and then the pastor would pronounce that blessing on people as they left. And and it's uh, this lifting of the hands, uh, We and we talked about that last week. We lift our hands in this church. Uh, we stretch our hands towards someone to pray, those kind of things. So it is a symbolic, you know, there's nothing in the hands just because mm-hmm. I touch someone doesn't mean, but it's just a point of contact. It's yeah. a symbolic thing for us to to reach out and touch. <laughs> that's a reach out and touch someone, yeah, you know. Praise the Lord. So, <laughs> um, but the when it was recited, the the congregation would say the phrase, "Yes, may it be His will." Uh, after each one of those blessings. So in other words, the the priest or whoever would say, the Lord bless you and keep you, then the people would say, yes, and may it, may it be his will. And then each one of those phrases would be repeated. So the lifting of the hands, and this is based on, so even what we do today still goes all the way back to the Old Testament. Leviticus 9.22 says, Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. Now, I want to talk about something for just a second, and they won't be able to get the full meaning of this because uh, you'd have to have the, the you'd have to be able to see it. But for those who are Star Trek people, um, <laughs> we had the the Vulcan sign, yes, you know Spock and all that. Well, that comes from the priestly blessing. Spock was Jewish, so he had been raised in the church. So that Vulcan sign is half of the sign of the priestly blessing. So, and, you know, some people can't split their fingers (laughs) and do the Vulcan sign, but the priestly blessing was that split fingers with both hands, and then you would cross them, and it makes the shape of a W. Okay. And the shape of the W in the 
In the Jewish culture, each letter of the Jewish alphabet has a meaning behind it. So that W shape, in other words, it's not a W because W in in English and in Hebrew is not the same, but it's shaped like a W. And the meaning of that word is God. It's called Shin, S-H-I-N. And that is the meaning of that letter in the Jewish alphabet would be God. And so you're making that, the priestly blessing would make that symbol and reach out both hands towards the congregation when they uh, said that. So, you know, we think, well, Spock came up with this little, you know, thing, but it was actually half of the, uh, the priestly blessing sign. He did it with one hand, and that's what they used all through, you know, and what, what was it? Live long and prosper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind <laughs> of a, a blessing even on his side of it in the Star Trek series. I'm not a big Trekkie guy, but um, but it that's comes, the coolest thing that you've shared on the verse-by-verse verse edition it, so I, far, yeah, Rick Maynard. Well, Good job. <laughs> the only thing that would have been better if it had been uh, not Star Wars, but uh, or if it had been Star Wars <laughs> instead of Star Trek, yeah, you would right. have liked it better. But, um, but it is interesting where some of these things come from. And number six twenty seven. So I'll throw that up this Sunday. Yeah. Throw up that godly gangster. Right. Put it up. Sign. Yeah. Put it up there, and people <laughs> let him try to figure that out. What is now. he doing? Yeah. He's he's gone crazy. <laughs> he thinks he's Spock. <laughs> so, um, but number six twenty seven says they says so they will put my name on the Israelites. The glory of God's name rested on their hands. So the the idea behind it was you were to. Avert your eyes from the hand of the priest. The Talmud says, the Talmud is just one of the Jewish commentaries, if staring at the sun blinds a man, how much more does staring at God's glory blind a man? So they, you know, some, again, some things are still symbolic. It's not like they really believed that if you stared at the priest's hands while he was giving the blessing that you were going to go blind, but I want to read just a little Jewish uh, commentary on that. It says, Anyone who looks at three things, his eyes become dim, at the rainbow, at the prince, at the priest, while they bestow the blessing, at the rainbow, because it is written, like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. At the prince, for it is written in Numbers, you shall put your glory upon him, one who looks at the priest at the time when the temple still stood, when they stood upon their platform, pronouncing the priestly blessing, and blessed Israel with the unspeakable name of God. So there was a, uh, and some of this just comes from, and and I think we, I, I hate to say we lack reverence for for God these days, mm-hmm. but but in a sense we do. It, it yeah. sometimes we forget really who God is. I mean. We hear it so much. We, you know, well, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, we have these phrases, and it almost sometimes belittles God. Mm-hmm. And and then we, and I'm not. Don't misunderstand me, anybody, and anybody that knows me knows what I'm talking about. But you know, when I was raised as a kid, I mean, the the sanctuary. I mean, you know, we didn't call it the auditorium, <laughs> and we still call it the sanctuary. But it was like, I mean, the holy of holies. Right. I mean, you, you know, you didn't chew gum. You know, you didn't. No talk, coffee. No coffee <laughs> in the sanctuary. I mean, and I'm not against those things. Mm-hmm. But but sometimes there's a, 
uh, lack of ref- reverence, I think, for you know, for the building, for the yeah. sanctuary or whatever, as God's dwelling place, or you know, sometimes the the sanctuary of the church can just be, yeah, you know, a hall. The church yeah. I helped out in South Carolina. Now I like to do stage design. I like mm-hmm. it, it. Just I like to do it. I like to craft a cool looking stage, and I think I'm fairly good at it. Yes. Well, anyway. Uh, Last year, I was or a year or two ago, I was helping out a church in South Carolina, and they were old school. And I was like to the pastor, "Come on, let's spice this up a little mm-hmm. bit." And so I kind of put together this design, and I thought it was kind of cool. And I snapped a pic of it and put it on Facebook, and I, I put, "Lord, we're the stage is set. We're ready for your presence today." Mm-hmm. And that's all I put. And man, there was a older lady and yeah. <laughs> uh, on Facebook and she just goes off that's not a stage that's an altar brother mm-hmm. you know and those kind of and she you know just semantics if you will right. in, in my mind but you know what I will say is as for me growing up not growing up but experiencing uh, Catholicism or being mm-hmm. in the Catholic Church here and there uh, as a kid you know seeing all that stuff almost you know stand up kneel, Right. Sit down, the priest with the objects and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But really, as as I get older, I actually appreciate some mm-hmm. of those things in a greater way because it's not it because they're reverential. They're right. you know they're, they're just symbolic acts of reverence to the Lord, which sometimes we don't do enough. You right. know, and and you speaking of this blessing today, I do always try to do that. Mm-hmm. When we close, whether it be last night on our Wednesday night right. or Sunday morning, Lord, I just bless your people right. as they've heard your word today, that they would take some of that or something from that and do mm-hmm. something with it, Lord. God, I bless your people. You know, I think there's right. really, really power in some of these symbolic acts. You know, right. are will that act produce what we're speaking or saying? Not necessarily, but there is something to it. Right. I. And people will say, well, I don't like all the old traditions. Well, you might not like the old ones, but we have new ones. Yeah. I mean, we still, when we come to church, everybody pretty much knows what's going to happen. We're going to yep. open in prayer. <laughs> We're going to sing three to five songs. We're going to take the offering. We're going to make announcements. We're going to have a sermon. We're going to have an altar time, and we're going to go home. I mean, so, uh, and again, nothing wrong with that either, but we still have no matter how much you'd like to say you're not traditional, we all yeah. have traditions yep. in the different churches. And we all, I like a worship conference I went to one time. They said we all have a liturgy because mm-hmm. we, right. we would say, well, we're not a liturg- liturgical church. We're a contemporary. Well, you have a liturgy that mm-hmm. you follow and that you go through. You just don't want right. to admit it. Right. So That's we exactly all have a liturgy. Right. <laughs> we, we may not write it down, but we still do yeah. the same things. And, <laughs> you know, I open my class in prayer and I close my class in prayer because that's just what you do. You know, it's like, and if you didn't, people would think, well, you know, he didn't even pray before he started, or he didn't even pray for the class when it all ended. So. I made the mistake one time of in, in communion as a lead pastor, I accidentally did the drink first and the bread second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I had a lady melt down on me about that, you uh-huh. know, that that wasn't, we just basically almost all lost our salvation over that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't like to, we were just talking about that a little bit ago, people don't like change. And and that's what happens in some of these. So I don't know where you draw the line. You know, I don't. I mean, back to this, people didn't go blind because they looked at it, but it was a symbolic. It was a symbolic reverence. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I'm blessing you, and it it talks about in the scripture the the God's name is is being invoked. In other words, so it's a reverence for His name through the blessing with the stretching forth of the hands, and so you honored the hands themselves. 
as don't even look. You know, that's that represents God's glory. Don't even look at his hands. And in, in uh, modern times, they actually will wrap their hands in the prayer shawl, like so people are not even supposed to, if they happen to try to look, they won't be able to look because they actually cover the hands. So, yeah. it's, you know, I, I, I said many times, <laughs> I wish I'd have been raised, honestly, I wish I'd have been raised knowing the Jewish culture but then knowing that Jesus was Messiah, I mean, yeah. I think the coolest thing is a Messianic Jew who understands all the reverence, all the the whatever the programs, the the symbolism for everything. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew all of that and also knew that Jesus was Messiah and had that part of it. So a Messianic Jew, in other words, and I've read things and you know tried to learn some about uh, the Jewish culture, but I'm so far behind on that. I mean, I'm too old now to learn it all. Well, the first person I'm going to throw that uh, sign up, that blessing sign up to, mm-hmm. is probably our children's pastor, Pastor Justin, and uh-huh. see what happens. So, Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> you know, he's so smart. He Might probably already over. knows. He probably yeah. already knows. <laughs> he so. knows karate. He'll, he'll block it. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, why not? So anyway, um, and the, the custom, and this is kind of going back to Zechariah a little bit, but the custom was, to uh, look at the floor or look at the feet. In other words, when somebody was pronouncing the blessing, kind of like bowing your heads, you know, mm-hmm. bow your heads while I pronounce this blessing or something. People are looking down. Um, and with with uh, Zechariah, so he goes in. The people are standing outside. They start to worry about Zechariah because it talks about if you offered the sacrifices unworthily, you could actually die in the Holy of Holies. You know, we've mentioned it here before. There wasn't any rope around the ankle to drag the guy out. You know, that's been taught a lot, but uh, that's a fable. There wasn't a rope around the ankle. Uh, There wasn't any bells on the bottom of his robe to see if he, you know, if if you quit hearing the bells, you knew he died in there and somebody had to get him out. And lots of fables about what happened there. But but they're waiting, and, and you're just trying to get a picture of this, but it would be as if you had been chosen to pronounce the priestly blessing. And it's a big deal. I mean, you know, this is once a year. You're only going to get to do it once in a lifetime. Mm. So you've prepared. You've waited for this. Your family is excited, thinking, man, I can't believe that my husband, my dad, is going to get to do this. They all understood what it was all about. And so, you know, in if it was happening today and you were the guy, I'd come. I mean, I'd want to be standing there when you came out I'd want to be standing there to hear, mm-hmm. yeah. man, what was that like? You know, what did it look like? What did it feel like with standing in God's presence and, and offering those sacrifices? Did did God speak to you? I mean, you know, I mean, there would be all kinds yeah, of absolutely. excitement about this thing. But in Luke, Luke 1, 21, 22, the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay. So he's been in there too long in the temple, but when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. So uh, it wasn't what they were hoping for or looking for, and this actually is kind of a little bit of a lead-up to, it's it's coincidental here that it's Christmas time, mm-hmm. but with Zacharias, John the Baptist, you know, all those things kind of leading up to. And then this, uh, if you switch this over to Jesus and what happened with him. It says, Luke twenty four fifty, 
And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. So it was probably that uh, talking about the priestly blessing. That's any time it talked about the lifting of the hands and, and blessing, it was usually the priestly blessing. They probably were a little confused at this because only the descendants of Aaron could pronounce the priestly blessing. And so even the disciples, knowing who Jesus was, he still was not a priest. I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. call him right. priest Jesus. <laughs> I mean, they were still, he was a rabbi, but a rabbi just meant teacher. So, you know, I'm Rabbi Rick, yep. if you want to. That's yep. got a nice, Praise that's, the Lord. Most, that's better than Ricky Bobby, I think, <laughs> Rabbi Rick. I expect that from now on, if you if you want to show the proper A new respect. church trend. Yep, there we go, Rabbi Rick. And he, uh, but he, he's not a priest. They had to be a little bit confused about uh, what it is. And if you if you pronounced the blessing, it was like transgressing the law. I mean, you were not even supposed to jokingly do it. Probably what we're what I've done here on this podcast by you know making all the signs and saying the words probably would have been a transgression yeah. during that time. Yeah. Of, <laughs> hey, you don't have the right to even. You know, to even say that or to make that symbol with your hands or whatever. You probably don't even have that right. Things are different today, but um, Saul lost his kingdom for sacrificing without a priest. So even the king was not did not have the rights to uh, pronounce the blessing. And so for Jesus to be doing it, there had to be some uh, confusion about this. But um the uh, I just have the words here, resolving the conflict in Hebrews 6, 7, 16, and 17. This is speaking about Jesus. It says, He has become a priest, not on the basis of a law of physical requirements. So in other words, he's not the right descendant. He didn't get his priesthood from Aaron and, and like everyone else got their priesthood. But it says, uh, He has become a priest, not on the basis of the law of physical requirements, but according to the power of an indestructible life, for it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So with uh, we're not going to get into a study of Melchizedek, and there's a lot of, if you've ever read about that, there's a lot of, well, we think he was this, and we think he was this, and we think, mm-hmm. but it was he was a priest. I mean, we do know that, and so it's talking about coming all the way back from, he didn't come from Aaron, but he came from, Melchizedek, and became uh, legally they could you could call him a priest. In other words, the um, the Talmud says a person who pronounces the priestly blessing with the lifting of the hands declares himself to be a priest. So, if you did this, you were saying, "I am a priest." You know, I have a right to do this. You couldn't flippantly do it, but you were saying, "I have a right." And the other thing, the the thing about with Jesus, as he lifts his hands to pronounce this blessing, he has scarred hands, which would not be allowed. So he's, Jesus had the right to change the law. I mean, he didn't say, I, you know, I came to fulfill. I didn't t- mm-hmm. come to take it away. I came to fulfill the law. And so when he pronounces himself as a priest, when he lifts his hands, he wouldn't have the right, you know, his hands are deformed or scarred or whatever from the the crucifixion, those type things. He really, in their eyes, would not have uh, the rights to that. And, I, you know, this is just one of those play on words. If you, um, if you try to imagine the scene, 
that if these disciples are there, Jesus lifts his hands, he begins to pronounce this blessing. They might be a little confused, but as the blessing, they begin to look down, and the very next thing that happens as he's pronouncing that priestly blessing over them is he begins to ascend to heaven. And so I thought, wouldn't it be amazing? (laughs) You're one of the disciples. You're a little confused about all this. But then it's like, well, this is Jesus. I guess he has kind of a right to do Mm -hmm. this or whatever. And then they bow their heads down, and they're looking at his feet, and all of a sudden he begins to levitate. (laughs) I mean, if he would. In our terms, that would be what it was. They Mm -hmm. they begin to, you know, I can't imagine that scene of what they must have have thought. I mean, we all think, wouldn't it be awesome to be a disciple of Jesus and, (laughs) you know, and to be with him all the time? But I think there was probably a lot of things well, we know there's a lot mm-hmm. of things they didn't get. They they didn't understand. And to be looking down at his feet and watch them begin to to go up to heaven. And, you know, we're not going to read all of that story this morning. But um, but anyway, this this whole story about the priestly blessing, I mean, it's just, it's an interesting thing. It's still done today. And I think it's just an example to us about um, how holy and how some things that are traditional still can be um, not just symbolic, but can really have meaning yeah. for us. There's still power in blessing people today. Right. Absolutely. Right. I, I think T.D. Jakes wrote a book one time. I remember the cover said, Can You Stand to Be Blessed? In mm. other words, it was like, there's still a blessing. You know, are, are, you, are you in a position that, can you stand to be blessed? You know, because so many people are beat down, like, well, I just don't deserve it, yeah. you know, and... But getting that mentality, and, and, you know, we've talked about it before. I was raised under a beat-down mentality, and, and Stella was too. You know, it was a, a mentality that, I mean, we heard God loves us, but then it was all, he was always mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that was the God I knew, mm-hmm. was that he was always angry with me because I could never live up. So I was always making mistakes, and so how could God possibly, mm-hmm. you know, he was always mad at me. I never felt, growing up as a teenager, I never felt that God really cared for me because I couldn't be good enough. I couldn't live up to that standard that was set before me. All of the uh, do's and don'ts, and mostly don'ts, can't do this, can't go there, mm-hmm. you can't, 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 can't. You right. know? And when you're raised under that, it feels like you're under a um, dictator, in other words, because all... Christianity is is a set of rules, and if you yep. can obey those, and everybody wanted to talk about the grace of God, but then it just wasn't mm. demonstrated, you know, as a as a possibility for me. So that phrase, "Can you stand to be blessed?" I probably would have said no <laughs> because I don't deserve yeah. I don't deserve to be blessed. And uh, I think you you know you talked about it a lot last night and asking, you know, what do you want from God? And and that's exactly what he said to Blind Bader Mass when he was crying out and people were saying shut up he doesn't want to talk to you yeah yeah jesus turned and said what is it that you want yeah and you know we could have said well that's a stupid question (laughs) i mean he's blind what else do you think he would want and i mean that is what he wanted but jesus just wanted to hear him say Mm -hmm. i want to see i want to be healed and so uh can you stand to be blessed Uh, we should desire to be blessed and realize that he wants to bless us he wants to do good things for us amen um so we'll get, we'll get off of that, and I'll read a couple more verses here, and we'll be done today. But uh, 841, 
As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, um, and I'll stop there just for a second. The foreigner is not, we kind of look at that sometimes like the foreigner is an inferior person. So we have foreigners who come to the United States. Well, they're like, well, they're not Americans, so that makes them less of a person. And, you know, we all have our opinions about, you know, legally entering the country and citizenship, and, you know, we won't get into all those things. But just because they're labeled a foreigner, all a foreigner there was non-Jewish. And and a lot of people even had that concept of a Gentile because we, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. But when I, uh, growing up, mis- my misunderstanding, I always thought a Gentile was like not a good person. Right. You yeah. Know, like kind of a dirty person or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody less than a Jew. Well, it was not less than a Jew. It was just, you just weren't a Jew. Not a Jew, yeah. I mean, that's all it amounted to. So, you know, but we, and we kind of do that too. It says, as for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, that's just your people, Israel, speaking to God. And I thought, man, how, um, how much that relates to today because we say, you know, those people who are not of our denomination, mm-hmm. you know, as if those, those people, everyone who's not assembly of God are inferior to us because we've got it all figured out and other denominations do the same thing. I mean, there's, I won't even mention other, <laughs> right, but there's other right. denominations yep. out there who they've, they've got it figured out and every other denomination is less than <laughs> that denomination. And so, uh, so it's not talking about denominations. It's not talking about somebody being inferior. And in Isaiah 56, 7, in my Bible, has headings over certain places. It says salvation for others, and it says for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So what Jesus was saying there when it's talking about the foreigners, the aliens, you know, those who are not of this, but then he turns right around, and this is this is even Old Testament. It's not talking about just uh, New Testament because this is Isaiah. For my house will be called a house of prayer. Jesus used that. I mean, we don't really realize that sometimes, but in the New Testament, that's what he said when he was turning over the tables. My house will be called a house of prayer. He was just mm. quoting Isaiah 56, 7. So it goes all the way back. But it says, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So Ezekiel was, or Isaiah was talking about it. Jesus was talking about it. It's, it's a place of prayer for all nations. It was not designed. I know that it was, the temple was Jewish. The temple was, uh, you know, the, the priestly blessings, all the Aaron, all the, they were Jewish people. But when Jesus came along, and and we'll talk about this probably next time, but uh, we'll talk about this. There was a place for the Gentiles around the temple. They weren't allowed in some places, but they weren't totally excluded. In other words, it was never said a Gentile shall never come near the temple because they had places for the Gentiles to be taught. They, They designed it, and so Ezekiel says it, Jesus says it, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. It's, mm-hmm. it's all inclusive, and I think that relates to the big picture. You know, the salvation of man is for all people, all yeah. nations. It's not exclusive. It's not a Jewish thing. It's not an Assembly of God thing. 
this thing, this Jesus thing is for everyone, yep. no one excluded. Amen. So we probably <clears throat> should wrap it up there. Well, with that in mind, we speak our blessing our Rick and Jeremiah blessing over you yes. today in the name of Jesus, because it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. If we did not say that already, hopefully that you are getting into the season, the reason for the season, that is Jesus. So we bless you and your family to know the word of God, to get in the word of God, to let the miracle working power of Jesus in this Christmas holiday bless you and your family. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. 